In 2019, our goal, our focus is to be all in, as has already been said this morning, to be all in with God, uh, to love him with everything we have because he's loved us with everything he has. And we acknowledge not only here, but in the other six days of the week that God wants us to love him with all we have. So our theme verse for this this year, this theme is Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31. And I hope you'll read along with me when we get to the red words, and I'll read the black words. Let's read Mark 12, 28 through 31. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Notice that, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which one is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. As we've focused in for this series that's focused on the theme of the year, a little bit of review might be helpful. In the very first lesson, we said we've got to really simplify with what it means to be all in, and it's simply trust and obedience toward God. In all of these elements that we're talking about, it's simple trust and obedience. The second lesson, we talked about loving God with all our heart. And what that means to be moved in our hearts toward God. It doesn't mean that, that he just moves willy-nilly, that, that it's anything separate and apart from his word. But he, when, sometimes he's going to call us to act. And in his word, he calls us to act and respond. And the way which we show our love for God in our heart is in our hands and how we move. And so my question for you is, did you? Uh, Last week we talked about loving God with all your heart and how God moves. But did you? Did you move? Did you change? Were you open? Were you obedient? Were you receptive to God working in your heart and in your life? Were you called to do something? If so, would you share your story? Uh, I'm not asking you to come up and share right now. What I'd like you to do is just... Share with me personally. I put my phone number up there and and uh, please don't send me any spam. Uh, if you will text me your experience of God calling you to move and how you moved. And so we know that God works, but the challenge this year is for us to work, for us to respond, for us to move. So you can take that number, and if it gets slow during the sermon, you can just text me and say, hey, it's getting slow during the sermon, speed it up. Didn't need to hear that illustration. Oh, somebody did right now. Good. Okay. I'll speed it up. I want to know what God moved you to do. And I also want to know how you moved, what you did. So share that story. And while you're uh, sharing your story, I want to share a story with you from a famous speech uh, called The Strangest Secret, uh, written by a man by the name of Earl Nightingale. In this story, called The Farmer's Field, the human mind is like the farmer's land. 
the land gives the farmer a choice. He may plant in the land whatever he chooses. The land doesn't care what is planted. It's up to the farmer to make that decision. The mind, like the land, will return exactly what you plant, but it doesn't care what you plant. If the farmer plants two seeds, one corn and the other nightshade, which is a deadly poison, if he waters and takes care of the land, it will return exactly what he planted. Remember, the land does not care. It will return the poison in just as wonderful abundance as it does the corn. And so up come two plants, one corn and one poison, as it is written in the Bible, as you sow, that which you also will reap. Now, the human mind is far more fertile of a field. It is far more incredible. It is far more mysterious. And indeed, it is far more powerful. It does not care what you plant, but what you plant, it will return in abundance. What we plant, it must return to us. And this is so important because we think foolishly that sometimes what goes into our mind has no effect on any other part of life. That it's just a storage cabinet that we could just put things in and, and stuff and stuff and stuff. And that those thoughts have no effect. They don't hurt us. They don't hurt other people. And nothing could be further from the truth. Why? Because your mind is an immensely powerful and I think oft underused gift from God. There's a problem with the mind. And that is this. We don't mind our minds. We don't pay attention to what we plant. Let me get pointed for just a moment. Let me ask you what you've planted in your mind this week. Think about your entertainment. What music did you listen to? What Netflix did you binge? What movies did you watch? What podcasts did you absorb? What social media did you scroll? You see, all of those things are seeds being planted in your mind. What did you plant this week? What about your attitude? What kind of attitude did you have? Did you allow your thoughts to be dwelling only on the negative or on the positive? What kind of people did you associate with this week? What kind of things did you read and absorb this week that changed your attitude? To put it another way... Were you a Pooh or an Eeyore? And which kind of people did you hang out with? There are some types of people that I, it literally drains me to be around them for their negativity. They're so negative. And I feel it as soon as I get near them, they get, they focus on all the negative, all the worries, all the difficulties, all the problems. And, and I just can't handle it. I can't be around that for very long because I know just being around them is planting bad things in my field. What about you? What about your thoughts? Were they pure? Were they godly? Were they moral? Were they impure? Were they ungodly? Were they immoral? What kind of thoughts did you allow in your mind? Sometimes we think the thoughts that we think, sometimes we think the thoughts that we have, sometimes we think the things that go in and affect the thoughts that we produce have no effect. 
Some examples. This rap music that I listen to with foul language, vulgarity, abusiveness toward women, it has no effect on me. I just like it for the beat. Oh, that's foolishness. Because you're planting something in your mind. The angry, the toxic politics that I watch and that I listen to 24-7, that has no effect on me. That's foolishness because you're planting something in your mind. The pornography that I watch regularly or semi-regularly has no effect on me. It's not hurting anyone. Oh, it does because, you see, it's planting warpedness in your thoughts. And it's producing warpedness in your behavior. I just dwell on money and, and, and I just think about all the time how to get more money and how to get more of the stuff that more of that money will buy. And if I just had a little bit more money, and if, if I just focus on money and stuff, and Jesus said, watch out. Because life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions. You see, all of these things, our entertainment, our attitude, our thoughts, and so many other things are daily, hourly, minute by minute being planted in the field of our minds. And that which we plant is that which someday we will harvest. And just sometimes we're surprised by the harvest of our lives. We're surprised by the things that sprout up. The scripture is quite clear if you're... Following along in your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. Mr. Nightingale referred to this verse. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one sows to his own flesh from that flesh will reap corruption. And the one who sows to the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Verse 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. You see, your mind is the most fertile and powerful field in the world, it will produce a harvest every single time. There are no exceptions. It will always produce a harvest. The question is not, will it produce a harvest? The question is, what type of harvest will it produce? So then in Christ, we have this challenge. We want to make sure that we're planting in a way that we're proud of what we're going to harvest if we want to love God with all of our mind, which is what we're talking about today, we've got to cultivate that field correctly. Here, here this morning, we're going to spend the, the, the remainder of the sermon talking about three practical ways to cultivate properly the field of your mind, to cultivate a Christ-like mind. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, the Apostle Paul said it was his goal with the church at Corinth. He said, we, we're talking about his, his abilities and his ministry. And he says this, uh, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And, and catch this, take every thought captive to obey Christ. Isn't that powerful? It was Paul's goal to take every single thing which was planted in the field of his mind captive to Christ, as though Jesus himself had planted it. 
The first way we do that is we weed out the world. You, you gotta, you gotta get away from the world and, and though we live in the world, of course, we've got to function in the world, we cannot think as the world thinks. Romans chapter 12, if you're in one of these Bibles, it's gonna be page 1215. Romans chapter 12, Paul is speaking to the church at Rome. Now Romans chapter 6 tells us how to become a Christian. Romans chapter 12 tells us how to remain a Christian. And he starts out by saying this, I appeal to you brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. If you want to know the will of God, Paul says, you've got to start by transforming your mind. You, you cannot read what the world reads, listen to what the world listens to, absorb what the world absorbs, be entertained as the world is entertained, and be surprised When you are not thinking like Christ. We must be transformed in our minds. And that means we got to weed out the world. That means you got to be paying attention to what you watch on Netflix. You got to watch what you listen to on your phone. That sounds weird. How do you watch what you listen to? You have to be careful. You have to pay attention. Just because somebody produces a podcast doesn't mean you should listen to it. Just because someone produces a song on SoundCloud doesn't mean it's beneficial for you. You gotta pay attention to what you read on your Kindle. Just because it's there for you to read doesn't mean it's the best thing for you to plant into your mind. You gotta pay attention to what you absorb on social media. You, you, you've gotta be thoughtful. A farmer doesn't just go to the feed store and grab a bunch of random seeds and then go out to his field and just Plant haphazardly. No, he's intentional. He's purposeful. He's thinking about what he wants to harvest. And so he plants appropriately. And part of planting appropriately means he has to not plant what he doesn't want. He takes special care to guard the field and protect the field from that which would bring trouble. Proverbs chapter 4, the book of wisdom, gives us a great piece of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 If you're following along, it'll be on page 677. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. 678. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Another translation says, above all else, guard your heart, for from it flows everything you do. That's a scary thought when you think about it. But everything you did this week came from somewhere. Every word you said, you heard. Every action you did, you saw. We see this in little kids all the time, right? A kid comes home, says a word or a phrase that they don't normally use. And as a parent, we say, "Uh, where did you get that? (laughs) that? That's not something you've heard in this house. Oh, well, I heard it from my friend, or I I heard it at school, or or I heard it on TV. You see, we understand that with little kids. And for some reason, we think that adults, that stops being true. 
Everything that you harvest has been planted at some point, so you've got to make sure that you guard your field carefully because everything you do flows from it. Think of this example. In just a couple of weeks, uh, the Super Bowl will be on. And maybe, just maybe, if all prayers are answered, the Chiefs will be in that game. But here's the crazy thing about that game. That, that companies will pay upwards of $5 million for 30 seconds of time. Uh, some of the most amazing, uh, frankly, some of the funniest commercials you ever see happen in the Super Bowl. Why? Why do they pay so much money for just a small snippet of your time? Because they know that everyone is watching. And if they have everyone watching, then they want everyone paying attention to their service, to their product, to their company, to what they do. And they've got a, an opportunity. You, you see, you, you, what you think makes a difference and what you allow to be planted makes a difference. You think it doesn't affect the clothes you buy? The, you think it doesn't affect the, the, the food you eat? You think it doesn't affect the entertainment? You think it doesn't affect the purchases you make? Ask any marketer. What they need is you to be exposed to the message. Because they know if they can just get their seed inside your mind, that eventually that will produce a harvest. Secondly and quickly, the second key is this. We've got to plant good thoughts. When you think about it, there are no surprises in seeds. Let me do a little audience participation. I can tell you guys are slowing down this morning. Uh, if I take out of my pocket here an apple seed that you cannot see, if I plant that apple seed in the ground, I water and I fertilize the ground, and I plant that apple seed, what will that apple seed produce? Very good, but most of you haven't had your coffee yet. If I take a, if I take a tomato seed this spring and I, and I plant it in my garden and I water and I fertilize that garden and I take care of it, that tomato seed will produce what? Does it surprise us then that the things which we plant in our minds would produce anything different than what was planted? The danger is this. What is planted in your mind multiplies 30, 50, 100 times. How could that man just throw away his marriage? How could he do that? I mean, he's got kids. He's been married for a while. How could he do that? Well, you see, there were, there were things planted in conversation, in images, in his mind that reproduced again and again and produced a harvest. So you've got to protect what you plant. Turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Paul tells us exactly exactly what kind of things to plant within our mind. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. You're going to be on page 1,259. Here's the planting guide for you, the field of your mind. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you think about this week? I mean, you think about it, to, to, you're going to go to sleep at some point later tonight, and you're going to put your head on the pillow, 
and, and God's going to clear your mind for, at, using that natural process. And you're going to wake up by, by your alarm. You're going to wake up by somebody nudging you. You're going to wake up by light hitting the bedroom window. And as soon as you wake up, you've got an empty field. My challenge to you is what will be the first thing you plant in your field? Will you reach over and, and grab your phone and, and, and turn it on and instinctively start checking emails and scrolling through social media? Or will you reach over and grab your Bible and say, I don't care what the world's got going on today. I need to hear what the Word has planned for my heart today. See, that's a challenge. We want to make sure that we plant what is good. Several years ago, I had a, a lawn that I was replacing. I was, had, it was just a, a, we had bought the house and the yard was full of every kind of weed and grass and everything under the sun. And so I had never replaced a, a yard before, but I knew what I wanted was different than what I had. And so I talked to a gentleman here at church who, who did that a lot. And he said, the first thing you got to do is you got to round up everything and just kill every single, good and bad, just kill it all. And so he said, I'll, I'll help you do that. And he did. And he went and we sprayed and we got every, every nook and cranny of that yard. And sure enough, in a week or two, everything was brown and dead. And, and then he came back. He had a, a what he called, a, I think it was a Verta slicer. And, and he had a bag of seed. And, and he was showing me how to put it in there. And we planted the seeds. And, and we, we spent all day going across this way and this way. And doing this crisscross pattern of planting all of these seeds. And he said, now, if you just water that faithfully, here in a few, couple of weeks, you'll have real good grass just starting to come up at exactly the right season. Sure enough. As I was watering that grass and paying attention to it and just watching every part of that lawn, there in my garage was maybe a quarter bag of seed that was left over from the planting. And I was looking at the bag, and on the side of the bag was this logo, the name of the seed, and then it said, good seeds don't cost, good seeds pay. And for some reason that stuck with me for a long time, that that, that the value of what you want to harvest is determined by the value of what you plant. You plant good seeds, you get good things, you plant plant garbage, you get garbage. In other words, if you want to change in the output, you got to change the input. So, what are you planting? And what will you plant this week? Now, you can't change what you have planted, but this week you can change what you will plant. You say, well, I re- I'm really into this show, and, and, and I've got a whole Sunday afternoon off, and I can binge watch the entire thing. Yeah, but, but that's not, but then I, what kind of seed is it that you're planting? Hey, you know, it's full of language, and it's got a few, it's got a little bit of nudity here, and it's got some words that I would never let my children say, but, but they're not watching. It's just me. It doesn't affect me. And I ask you again, what are you planting? Are you planting what is true, what's good, what's noble, what's excellent, what, what's lovely? That's what Paul would encourage you to plant. That, that requires you, you understand that sometimes you're going to have to press pause on Netflix and say, I can't watch that show anymore. It's just got too much filth. 
It's got too much of things that I don't need in my field. So you, you got to shut it off. There's going to be books that you, you check out or that you buy, and, and you're going to want to read them. Everybody's reading them, and, and, and everybody's talking about it around the water cooler, about this, this new in the set in the series, and, and, and you're going to have to choose whether you want that seed in your field or not. I encourage you to plant what's good, as Paul would. Finally, we need to consider the last thing, how to sow to the Spirit. The, the, the scripture that was read for us from Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. You see, you don't have much of a choice in terms of what is going to happen to you. You don't. And there are going to be things that happen to you this week that you have zero control over. But what you have absolute control over is how you choose to respond. How you choose to respond in that moment when some just cuts you off in traffic and are... Are you going to sow to the flesh or will you sow to the spirit? Uh, When someone in the line at at the grocery store, when when that cashier just has an attitude and they just, they they just, you think, man, I just like to give them a piece of my mind. Are you going to sow to the flesh? Are you going to sow to the spirit? It's a simple question. Which, Which way will you sow? If we did this on Wednesday night, so if you were here for my Wednesday night class, I apologize for the repetition. But but you have a choice in in what you're going to sow to. Okay, um, I got to pick on Trevor and Gideon and Isabel. Come on here. All right, come here, the three of you. If there was a boardroom with a three member board, you stand here. And Trevor, you stand over here. And Isabel, you come here. And Isabel, she's right at the center. This is her three-person board, okay? And, and to the left of her is the things of the flesh. The things that the flesh wants, what it wants, when it wants it, when it wants it. And it's not going to compromise. But also, on the boardroom of Isabel's heart is the spirit The spirit that wants what God wants and always wants what God wants. And Isabel this week has a choice every single day to choose the flesh or to choose the spirit. I realize for her this is awkward because spirit just happens to be my brother. Not making any direct, you know, ignore this illustration after the illustration, okay? You don't have to always listen to Gideon. But may we, like Isabel, choose always the Spirit. Now, these three are going to argue about every decision, about how we treat other people, about whether we sit by that kid at school, about whether we read our Bible, about whether we worship God, about what kind of stuff we watch on TV, about the books that we read. And the flesh advocates for one and the Spirit advocates for another. And Romans chapter 8 says, if you want a harvest of the Spirit, you must walk 
You two could just walk up that way. Walk together. You stay back, you. (laughs) You must walk with the Spirit. Now, what that requires, keep on going. I just go ahead and walk over here. What that requires, he will later say, can you die a very dramatic death? Perfect. Is putting to death the things of the flesh. All right, come on up here, Travis. I didn't mean to kill you on Sunday morning. All right, have a seat. Thank you. All right, so may we then understand in this three-person boardroom meeting of our minds that we have a choice every single day, whether we're going to sow to the flesh or whether we're going to sow to the Spirit. And the Scriptures tell us always, do not seek what the flesh wants. Seek what the Spirit wants and walk in step with the Spirit. May we do as such. So then, let us finish By Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 2. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 2, says this. My Bible. Colossians 3, 1 through 2. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, not... On things below where see on where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. You see, your mind is not just any field. It's a battlefield. And you must choose today at which side you're going to let win. Will it be the flesh? Will it be what you want? Will it be what the world wants? Or will it be what God himself wants? Jesus himself did not stay in this world. He went on to higher and better things. And if we want to follow him, we must go on to higher and better things. This morning you might feel tremendously guilty. I think my field is so polluted. I got so many, so much junk and so many weeds, so much garbage in my field. There's no way that God could ever plant anything good in here. Let me tell you about Jesus, friend. Jesus came to clear your field completely, uh, to, to remove the weeds and the junk and all of it and make anew your mind and your heart that you might be able to harvest for eternity. If you need the saving, cleansing blood of Jesus Christ, if you need your field cleared in the eternal sense, And you can do that this morning. We'll help you. We helped Patrick Kelly last week. As you watched him become a new creature, a new creation. That wasn't because of what he did. It's what because of Jesus did. And Kelly was simply, Patrick was simply responding to it. And may we respond in the same way if you need to do that this morning. Maybe you've done that and you've planted some things in your field that just don't belong there. If you need uh, our prayers, our encouragement, if you need to repent, if you need to confess something that's really been on your heart, something that's been clogging your mind and keeping you from Christ, may we seek to do as what Paul did to take every thought captive for Christ. If every thought is not captive, let us help you with that. Whatever need you might have, meet us down front. Our shepherds will meet you and pray for you and do whatever we can to help as together we stand and sing.